Hello, and welcome to We Walk the Earth, a Nodalab original podcast. I'm your host, Sergio Isauro. This show is the joint effort of many creatives. We love what we do. If you wish to support us, please make sure to leave a review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify or connect with us on social media. In this episode, I speak with Tate Chamberlain, host of I Am Interchange Hatch podcast, a social scientist pushing the envelope in social, educational, and media experiences by continually reintegrating an arsenal of new concepts and human connections through an experiential remix uniting music, dialogue, activism, and expression with each step and swell, he brings a new form of media that cultivates curiosity, education, and empathy. This arsenal will serve well as he descends upon the world like a platinum-fisted pterodactyl, dropping artistic carpet bombs, carrying the seed of expression and social conglomeration. Please, welcome to the show, Tate Chamberlain. This is We Walk the Earth. Thank you for joining us. I don't know if you if you thought about some stuff to to talk about like you'd like to share in general, but other than that, we can just like go in and jam a little and just cool. I like to nerd out on social science and yeah. I've been a delegate. I like the sustainable development goals that the UN has. Yeah. I've been leaning into adventure journalism quite mm. a bit. So that would be fun. Partnering with Hatch, doing their uh, their impact labs mm -hmm. has been pretty cool. Blunderbuss is fun. It's pretty bright. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. It'll be easy to get spread thin on or okay. get distracted. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe uh, you can help me rein it in. Yeah. You'll have to tell me as, as we go on all these different things you're involved with. I would have loved to know a little bit more about some of the projects, but I'm sure that we can <clears throat> play a bit and like talk about it. I'm really curious about. Yeah, like, first of all, like about you as a person, like, why are you where you are right now? I know it's like a collection of infinite things, uh, but who is Tate today? Mm. Why am I here? Why am, who's Tate today? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Tate's a lot of things. I've always been a community builder mm -hmm. ever since high school. I'd throw parties at my parents' house when they were out of town mm -hmm. and in college, I threw more parties and I wound up breaking a couple of floors of rental houses because there were so many people in them. Mm -hmm. 
a couple. <laughs> That's yeah, two. Yeah, there are two. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I won't give you the addresses. <laughs> and yeah, I was majoring in graphic design at the time. I always loved rock and roll posters. And my senior thesis was putting a band on tour. And that mm. led to a 10-year career of building and producing music festivals. Wow. And so I still frame that looking back as the early stages of community building for mm-hmm. me, kind of on the shallow side, you know, mm-hmm. throwing parties is, it's, it's shallow at first, but, uh, I began to, after about 10 years, the festivals had good content in them, like classes and things like that. But I was still paying headliners and musicians a lot of money. And so hmm. I eventually just retired after about 10 years and it was the beginning. I had started Blunderbuss and my I Am Interchange Media project mm-hmm. at that time. So mm-hmm. I was kind of, I may be manifesting it, whether I knew it or not, my my exit of producing music. Yeah. Events. Yeah, it's a um, beautiful but tough world, the event world. And festivals. I've also worked in it for a couple of years and it was so thrilling and I loved it so much. But I also kind of like moved on from it. So Wonder Boss and I Am Interchange. What's the goal? Why did you start those projects? Did they start parallelly, like at the same time? They were within a couple of years of each other. Okay. They're kind of siblings in my mind. Yeah. As expressions of myself, I think. Mm-hmm. Blunderbuss starts with a B. Ah, Blunderbuss. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what a Blunderbuss is? No. It's the original shotgun that pirates used to use. And they were really resourceful because you could fire out of them whatever you could fit down the barrel. Mm-hmm. Like forks and knives and rocks. Whoa. And so it's a metaphor for risk takers to do what you can with what you have. Okay. And so Blunderbuss as a long-term hostel for risk takers. It's kind of an incubator stay for artists, activists, and entrepreneurs. And through college and producing music festivals, I was always a home office with no community around. Mm -hmm. And so Blunderbuss was manifested somehow. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, our capacity is 24 and we've got a letterpress company. There's a woman working to start a medical clinic on one of the Montana Indian reservations. We've got a children's book author. There's a guy who leads student groups Mm-hmm. through like civics and activism. Yeah, it's pretty eclectic. I host my podcast. Our living room turns into like a 60-person recording studio sometimes. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I'll host my debates through I Am Interchange there, my mm-hmm. other project. So Blunderbuss is, yeah, it's kind of a reflection of me, of what I felt that I needed in my life, community and a place to live and work and... I'm really introverted. And so when people are around me who take my energy, I I don't do well with that. I just kind yeah. of hibernate and become a hermit. But if mm-hmm. I'm with people who are thoughtful and 
all in on a project that gives me energy. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I hear that. I hear that. And what about hosting artists and entrepreneurs and creatives gets you more into where you are because you're hosting a community, but also there's like a floating population, right? There's people coming, there's people going and you, and I, I don't know if you have a team, a team like who keep the place or like you, you do it yourself, but like you are one of the constants in the place. Yeah. Yeah. Good framework. Yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of work. It's a, yeah. a the main building is about 10,000 square feet. And so wow. we've got chores. Everyone has to do a chore every week. Communal living is great during a pandemic, but the cleanliness has to be pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. So there's like a kitchen chore, vacuuming. We've got a chore called touch points, which is taking a bleach rag to doorknobs and light switches and cabinets. And so, yeah, I have a lot of help. It's also helped me understand the amount of energy I give to tension mm. around cleanliness, at least in this space. When I built Blunderbuss, there was kind of a, oh, I'm going to have my family of friends stay in it and all of that. And that eventually wears off over time, I've learned. And with our expansion, we became a commercial building. Our mm-hmm. insurance classifies us as a hotel. And so I've I have to be like a friend at arm's length. Yeah, yeah, totally. In it that I've learned there has really been hard to learn where... I don't like to use the word boundaries, but like people in my life are reflections of me. But if it takes too much energy past a like a prior agreement, yeah, I call it warm and accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Like you got to... You gotta set the terms for the the project and the 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 yeah the, like the that entity to to be healthy and to get what it needs. Yeah, and I wanna I wanna be along for the ride also. Yeah, and so when I have to badger people around keeping it clean because there's 24 people who use it, and so it's we pretty much have a zero tolerance of anything dirty. Yeah. You can destroy yeah. it, but. If you don't have time to clean it up, then don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned something about tension. Yeah. And you all, in our last, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but in our last call, you said you started before the podcast, you were doing like moderating debates. Why? Why is this a point that you are interested in and that you're curious to like explore? Yeah. Good question. I think kind of in blunderbuss fashion, I, there's just a, in activism and art, there's kind of a shooting from the hip following where your energy is taking you. Yeah. And I had a lot of tension around the media that I was getting. Mm. I couldn't understand the nuance of the tension of the world because the media was done poorly. Mm-hmm. I have to go to five or six different media websites to mm-hmm. figure out perspective on a topic. Yeah. And 
so yeah, I just, I, my first debates were, uh, <laughs> I had a, a rabbi, a Christian leader, a Muslim leader, a three-star general, uh, pandemic expert, and actually Yaro from Hatch was on it as kind of my optimist. And the the topic was whether we'd solve our problems, a pandemic would happen or God will fix it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and I just kept hosting and we've done them on vaccines and guns and yeah. uh, whether water is a human right or not. So yeah, I began to recording them because people were really enjoying them. And mm. I've always had a problem going to events where they have, they produce great things and conversations, but it just kind of dies there with the people who are in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I started recording them and then got introduced to integral facilitation and Ken Wilber. Mm -hmm. uh, and integral theory, which is basically how to connect where people are emotionally, physically, spiritually, mm -hmm. geographically with the tensions of the world by just kind mm -hmm. of the mantra is no one is a hundred percent wrong. And so mm. that's really helped me build a container where people don't think they're going to get sandbagged. And yeah. a lot of it's relationship building. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I just wanted to know more about what I was curious about. It wasn't media wasn't as, as sharp as I wanted it to be or direct. Mm -hmm. And yeah, from there, the United Nations started hosting the Media for Social Impact Summit, uh, where I became a delegate at. They invited a ton of scrappy media companies who were aligned with the sustainable development goals, whether they knew it or not. So all of my topics can fit into any of the goals mm. before I knew that I was aligned with them. Mm. And so through that, I love the framework of the United Nations SDGs because it. It crosses through 193 member states and countries who are speaking that language. And there are a lot of businesses and companies who create their own sustainable goals, but the language doesn't go beyond their business. Yeah. 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 And so with all the goals, there's all these projects around the world happening and there's a ton of tension on how we get there. And so my media has kind of been feeling out these projects and facilitating the tension to understand the systems that we're in and the mm -hmm. systems that we're morphing into and what that looks like within a mile of your home. Mm, yeah. Is, is I think how I've, that's what I've been searching for. That's as articulated as I've been able to get from when I started shooting from the hip a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and in this, necessary look into considering other perspectives from other people you've been like in the middle moderating and approaching topics has it changed how you interact with tension in your personal life or <clears throat> relationships and topics more like human to human rather than big scale. Yeah, totally. There was a time where my head was just so far in the clouds. I had trouble connecting with people 
<laughs> like new friends would be like, is your head always just in the clouds or do you ever bring it down to earth? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's been a good practice to just be present with friends and in the moment. And I've always had attention, I think, bringing work and like friendship and relationship together. Hmm. And now my friends don't care what I do for work. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and they yeah. don't want to hear about it. Um, <laughs> which is, it was great. It was, uh, same thing at Blunderbuss, just the, yeah, it can't always be like a friendship. Mm-hmm. So, um, just like learning what that means to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, people react differently to how I approach tension with them. Like if they're just like really overstepping <laughs> or something, Yeah, I've been getting better. I've, yeah. I mean, I, it's not as like devastating anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the tension from, uh, especially living w- around 24 people who are all in like, they all take energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that can be really overbearing. Hmm. So it's really helped just my directness. Hmm. <laughs> Is there like, um, a kind of like democracy situation or there are like certain rules and like people come and because people stay for a short amount of time, right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. It used to be, I used to keep people involved in who would come next. Okay. But then they would rotate out and other people would be interested in, yeah. in curating and other people couldn't care less. And hmm. Yeah, so I've just kind of accepted it's it's like a social science lab for everyone to dink around in and it's up to them to create their own experience. Mm, yeah. In it. But I do provide the ground rules for the container. Mm-hmm. And other than mostly cleanliness, it's yeah, I'm pretty hands-off. Like mm. We had a new couple of people come in a few weeks ago and they created a band and wow. it's just, yeah, I, th- I think 24 was kind of our critical mass for natural events to just occur Yeah, as they arose. So yeah, I try to be hands off as much as possible Yeah, because if I have to harp on anyone around it, it really tampers my chemistry with them. Mm. Yeah. To where we're focused on that as opposed to yeah. like having fun and being creative together. Yeah. And so I try and make that really clear up front. Hmm. Yeah, I totally feel that for creating, people need to feel free in a way, I think. Yeah, so that you can like express whatever's in there or whatever you want to achieve naturally within the rules of engagement and keeping the space and that's just like the infrastructure to be able to be free yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i can i can usually count on every time 
with new people, there'll be a little bit of tension around that. And so I've learned that that helps them when I am blunt around our agreement. Sometimes they'll completely melt down and like go completely on the offensive. And yeah. <laughs> I was having this conversation the other day and they were like, yeah, but I, as I released what I was telling you, it was creativity just flowing as like anger and frustration, but it had broken like a creative ice hmm. by just kicking the bees nest a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> But not everybody reacts the same way. So I have to, I have to understand that. Hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a forgiving place usually. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it's like a big community, there's always like this, like in a healthy community, there's this like nurturing scythe, no, after like a little tension or something, there's always the, the ground. Yeah. After yeah. I'll, uh, like go out to dinner or something and yeah. be great. Yeah. 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 You described yourself as an introvert earlier. Um, mm. And I want to ask you, have you been in, you run your own space where you host other people, but have you been to like a residency or a lab where you have gone and stayed there to work among other people? Yeah. My integral theory was a year and a half and it required it was like four week long stays and then a bunch of online stuff mm -hmm. i haven't done a like a live-in residency for mm -hmm. more than a month working on projects mm -hmm. i think i could do adventure journalism through that mm -hmm. for sure but yeah i the opportunity hasn't arisen yeah But yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking is because I'm, I will also consider myself a little bit of an introvert. And I found that I sometimes have to commit to the situations, to like going out there and doing things to push myself to to new places, like outside of my comfort zone, or I don't know if, if you relate to this, I'm talking from my experience, but then I never regret it. I never, never regret it. I always <laughs> go and feel like awkward at first and like worry about like, oh my God, what's going to happen? All these things running through my mind. And then everything turns out great when I put myself out there. Yeah, that's usually my experience. Hmm. I'm... I would though bring like headphones and books mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get away for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yeah. That's interesting. I've, yeah, I've thought about there's like a polarity with control, right? At Blunderbuss, I'd like have to keep it from burning down and I have to keep <laughs> all the bills paid. Um, <laughs> so there's this control over it that I have yeah. that. Yeah, I think a residency and travel. I like to travel alone, but yeah, I think a residency coming out to it alone, like as an individual, it would be great. Mm. Um, it'd be great not to have the thoughts in the back of my head of having mm -hmm. to have the building full and mm -hmm. all the bills paid. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So just yeah. to be there and work on a project would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. There's a lot of responsibility behind it, behind a project like that, I think. Yeah, so the other projects that you're on, they all have the social component to them. And I, I don't know, I really love when I see in friends, in people that things just start to connect and like one thing nurtures another thing in like knowledge or just networking or connections or this or that or or even seeing that that as like one's work or purpose connects with the whole network of other people doing similar things. Were you looking for this? Like this connectedness in your projects, in your work, in your relationships? Were you like consciously looking for it or did it land in your lap? Hmm. Like looking for a broad network. Yeah. 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 Of that. Yeah. And the social side of what you do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think probably internally. Hmm. I was without realizing it. Like as I look back at throwing parties and music festivals and in college, it always had that element of community, which could also be a network yeah. of friends and people who you meet that become business mm-hmm. partners. I don't know. No, I I don't think so. I think maybe through Blunderbust, but with Interchange, I I think I I mean I started it just for myself out of my own curiosity and whether people listen to it or not, I think I could have cared less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so Blunderbust, I don't know if I would have labeled it as a network, but more as like community. Mm-hmm. but all of our communications were on telegram it's like whatsapp but not owned mm-hmm. by facebook mm-hmm. it's called the blunderbuss network <laughs> mm-hmm. once people the like lineage of blunderbuss after uh since 2014 you know there's probably a hundred people who have stayed here so far and so that becomes a network i think that yeah. other people who have flowed through can tap into mm-hmm. yeah but that was an afterthought. Yeah. 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 I, I really, yeah. Like, I think that's beautiful that you're, you're, yeah, that you started for, because of curiosity and, and like community being connected. I think it's the, the start, like the seed of great things. Most of the times I. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe that. Do you still like going to festivals or, I do. or doing yeah. events okay but yeah. more as a as to enjoy or do you yeah okay totally yeah no i um i'll invest in like glamping and a vip ticket uh-huh. with a great lounge and have a blast yeah nice <laughs> nice there's there's a big shift right when you make events and you live them through there it's fun and it's beautiful and it's work but then just making the switch to 
relaxing it to, into it. It's, uh, but I think both sides are beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, very totally. different. <laughs> I still have another good decade of going to them, I think, before I want to produce anything again. Mm. I actually, I produce events at Blunderbuss for like 30 people. Okay. 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 So I wouldn't say it's over, but I don't want to do an event that has to have security at it anymore, I guess I would mm. say. That's a good, that's a good, um, <laughs> um, how do you say it? Like threshold. <laughs> that's my threshold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no security, no ambul ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. As long as I don't have to have a porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. yeah. There's this very beautiful there are like different shades to it and a lot of different quote unquote tribes, if you would say, to events and festivals. But I think it's a very I don't know, it's a it's a thing that humans have been doing for ever, getting together, yeah. ce celebrating in big, um, you know, like in, in in mass and just having fun, being creative, doing like rituals, dancing, doing like all these things. And it's, it's so amazing the places where we've taken it, taken it. It's incredible. And technology, even like social interactions, it's so beautiful, I think. Yeah, I think pre-COVID, there were still events that were really thoughtful, but I think pre-COVID, they were, there were so many events. Everybody was doing a festival yeah. and it was just too much. It felt inauthentic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think COVID helped people be more all in authentically in their experiences, at least in mm -hmm. my world. Uh, yeah the people who I've hung out with are more all in around the experiences I've ever seen them. Hmm. Um, or maybe I just filter people who aren't like that out of my life. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, things like Burning Man have been around for a while and um, I love just kind of the gypsy pirate, piratey lifestyle. Hmm. I like the communities that have, I don't know, they're where the government doesn't really have their back. I've always been kind of in that court. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear what you say about th there being a lot of events without purpose or maybe the purpose was just like getting wasted or, or making money or, you know, like there's this core necessity of us to gather and celebrate and you know, like these things, create, celebrate, connect, reach transcendental social flow and like these things. And I think when projects and events are made from this seed, from this juice that's in us, beautiful things can come out, can come out of it. But there, there are a lot of, yeah, like just people just setting up like big festivals for cash, you know, um, and you can feel it. You can feel it. If you work there, you can feel it. If you pay a ticket and go see it, if you're an artist and you play that festival, you're like, you, it's really obvious. 
Yeah. The, the connection to it, you mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah, whether yeah. it's about money or community. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah, totally. Totally. And you can do big things with soul. Yeah. 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 It's harder. It's harder. For yeah. sure. But yeah. Uh, More yeah, there's parties. like a, yeah, I mean, as anything raw grows. Yeah. And becomes under the spotlight and the microscope mm-hmm. of like insurance or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it probably loses that a little bit. Yeah. 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 I think the States, uh, the United States is also an interesting place for that. Um, yeah. I was going to say that's, a, yeah, it's probably in the US. It looks different elsewhere for sure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like there's, there's, so interesting for me like the there's burning man for example where where you're yeah. you know like there's you can be in there and like ask yourself what like how it, is this legal <laughs> and yeah. and then in, it's in the united states in the united states and then it's legal it's even like supported you know like it pays taxes like there's it happens you know <laughs> it's happening and they all know about it and it's it's there's this like great areas of okay there's the laws and let's let's respect the laws but let's explore everything and let's let's create and let's talk about things that matter i it's a really really interesting place the united states for innovation and and like the creation of new thoughts and movements i think yeah yeah no i think uh as ugly as the U.S. can come across sometimes with our leadership, hmm. it does offer that exploration. One thing I was kind of considering while Donald Trump was president, <clears throat> you know, there's this thing called shadow that everyone on earth has, the side of themselves that they choose not to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And so we all have every one of Donald Trump's qualities in us you Mm. and me. Mm. And it really was helpful for me to just say, Hey, this is just a look at the shadow of the United States and it's embarrassing, but, Mm. um, we all share it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I I can hear, I can hear that. But that, but that movement was given room to breathe because the United States is an experiment. Yeah. 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 What's your, uh, like being a, a debate junkie, <laughs> <laughs> what's your, yeah, like what do you have to say about polarization? Oh, I, my whole world is around exploring polarity. Mm. It's like nuance. Yeah. I like the, I bring up Somali pirates a lot Mm -hmm. because in the United States, they're, they're villainized by Hollywood. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom Hanks was in a a big movie of a tanker that got hijacked by Somali pirates. And I just think, you know, they're only that way because our commercial fishing boats go to their shores at night and take all of their fish and we take all of their natural resources. And so these families of pirates are doing whatever they can to survive. And so I'm just like, what does it even mean to be wrong? Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, pers- perspectives are really, really important in everything, and also what comes to mind, like you're saying, a movie. You know, like the power of the media to create or at least fakely create realities in people's mind in our minds because it's it it if we see it so much and we're not conscious it's a perspective we just think it's reality yeah it's so dangerous. it's kind of that that echo chamber that we're all kind of led into. In social media, I'm actually, Hatch is working on this lab, we can talk about it, around decentralizing the internet. Mm -hmm. And one of the big issues with the internet, especially like Facebook and their algorithms during political season, it has been seeing what people are interested in and and saying, oh, if you like this, you might be interested in this and you might Mm -hmm. be interested in this, leading them down this really extreme rabbit hole of um, ideology um, mm-hmm. without a filter. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like without a filter, but I feel like the algorithm should shift to offer the polarity of mm. consideration. Yeah. So, yeah. But maybe that would just make people more angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe like, I, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe at the beginning, yes, it will cause like a shockwave of craziness. But then I th- I feel things will like calm down after a bit from like just knowing what's happening on the other side. There was this, I, I really don't remember the guy's name, but there was this this person developing an app to to connect like in in conflict zones to connect kind of like a dating app but like to connect people across borders in conflict areas so that so that people could like talk and and like say like hey what's your day today you know like like civil like civilians civilians yeah, yeah civilians and for me that i don't know i i heard this at actually at a talk at burning man a few years ago and I was like, wow, you know, like the the power of this, you know, like the power of, yeah, like just saying hello to the, to who they tell you it's your enemy. And maybe, you know, like you're, you're going to find out really interesting things. Yeah, you actually uh, reminded me of a time after college I did, I spent some time in Spain. Uh, on part of my trip and stayed in this hostel and this Iraqi student hmm. was staying there and we had breakfast and became friends as the United States was invading his country. Wow. So you reminded me of that. Yeah. Wow. That was special. I'll never forget that. Yeah. yeah. That that sounds really special. And, mm. and, and yeah, there's this thing about being aware of us being humans and being aware that that identity is like uh, I don't know it's it's useful in in 
some levels, but also when taking to like very, very, in my opinion, to very like extreme measurements, it, it polarizes, you know, like yeah. it separates. Um, so, you know, like I am, yeah, like I am, I was born in Mexico. I, I grew up here. I have, you know, like my blood is mixed and I do it, identify as a Mexicano, but I don't agree with everything my government says and with a lot of the things that happen. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fine line. And, and for, I'm, I, I'm sure we've all experienced it for someone else to alienate you because you're from a place. It's, it, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You reminded me of all these things this weekend. I was at, there's a Crow indigenous person, uh, uh one of the tribes in the United States and in mm -hmm. Montana is the mm -hmm. Crow Indian tribe. Mm -hmm. And they just held their annual powwow Crow fair or mm, Crow nation. Beautiful. I was invited by this family to go and stay with them. There were thousands of teepees. Wow. And yeah, I mean, the some of the kids would walk by me and would be like, what's up, white man? <laughs> and <laughs> um, there's still, I, I know that colonization has like happened everywhere, but in Montana, yeah. the it was less than like 200 years ago that wow. we sent their people to boarding schools and like oh. broke our treaties and all of this. And so there's really a big tension still that yeah. hasn't been resolved. Like in, in Germany after World War II, they had, uh, and in Rwanda, there was kind of a truth and reconciliation mm -hmm. commission, but the yeah. United States hasn't done that. Hmm. And so actually a couple of my podcasts uh, on reconciliation, chapter two, we had a couple of indigenous people with white landowners. Hmm trying to kind of, I don't know, make an attempt at truth and reconciliation, I think, mm. on behalf of the U.S. How did that go? You know, it's hard. I mean, the, the crux question we asked was, if there were a movement to give your land back, would you? Because in progressive groups in Montana, they would make a land acknowledgement, acknowledging the land that was once indigenous mm -hmm. and they indigenous people kind of see it as half-hearted. Like if you really want to make a difference, then, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And so it sparked the question, if you would give your money, if you would give your land back, if there were a movement and the, the two people who were on the event both said no. Mm. And which is hard. I mean, there are people who have, gone all in and they're in debt to the bank and yeah. all of that but it, it is on stolen land that's mm. yeah that yeah. reminds me of another podcast we did it was called bridging the wealth gap we had andre perry and otho kerr andre's from the brookings institute and otho's from mm -hmm. the federal reserve and since the civil war ended <clears throat> And black people were allowed to buy land. Um, ever since then, 90% of the people who appraise land value were white. Mm, yeah. And so even in that regard, I think it's been like trillions of dollars of 
lost assets just on that one topic. So mm. yeah, there's a, I don't know. The U S has a long way to go. I, I really yeah. like Andre said that reparations might not come through Congress, but framing the world as a reparative culture. Yeah. And doing what you can with what you have to make reparations, maybe like a university could offer a scholarship scholarships um, or free yeah. rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really liked the reparative culture. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It It's, I don't know if that's what reparative culture stands for, but like it must come from everywhere from every pore of of us of society of the government it must like yeah. these these big changes must come from the small things in like the small things we do yeah. and then and then they will ripple and change laws and change you know the amount of people in congress that are that are um that are white and that are men women um non like non-binary you know like this but it it really starts from like our small little steps i think hmm. yeah yeah making those steps creates the the culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah this um acknowledgement uh, like indigenous land acknowledgement um thing has been coming up lately in a few conversations it's something that here it's not even talked about in mexico it's yeah there's no talk of that there's the resentment uh you know like all everyone is like yeah. ah yeah the spanish people they came and did this and we lived in paradise before and then the spanish came and and everything went bad um and that's like the it stops there and i think it's a very yeah. very it's very interesting because i can see how it it can be like a badge you wear to say like ah this I'm acknowledging it, but okay, I'm going back to my 2000 acre ranch <laughs> to, you know, after, after I went and, and gave a speech and said like, yes, I mean, standing in, in, in native land, I just go back and like watch Netflix on my big screen in my ranch. Um, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, yeah, it's, no, I, uh, yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But do you feel it's 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 even though it it can be used like just like a badge, like a self righteousness badge? Do you feel that it's a little start towards like sure, yeah, con- like us being conscious about it? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Because I think of people like. Like baby boomers, yeah. For example, I'm stereotyping, um, <laughs> but yeah, like my dad. I love my dad, but I talk to him about reparations and indigenous culture, and it's 
completely foreign to him. And if he mm. witnessed a land acknowledgement like that, um, I'm sure it would make him really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. when I think of it that way, yeah, that's a good start. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know. Have you come at peace with your dad thinking differently from you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I actually hosted a debate called OK Boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had someone from every generation on it. And we explored kind of the spitefulness of OK Boomer. Mm, um, yeah. It was great. We explored whether old people should be allowed to vote. Um, <laughs> everyone, everyone, including the young people, decided yes. But it was it was a great exploration. Yeah. Um, and then in the U.S., <clears throat> there in the next 20 years, as baby boomers die off, their the largest wealth transfer in history is going to happen in the United States, mm. transferring an estimated $68 trillion, Whoa. making Whoa. the millennial generation in the U.S. the wealthiest ever to exist in the history of the world. Um, and so we talked about, you know, there's all this urgency to create change and the money is just like locked in all these old people's vaults and bank accounts. Yeah. And, um, there's a ton of tension around that. Like, yeah. And mm. on top of that, when boomers were the same age as millennials, they held 23% of the wealth. And now the millennials mm. are the same age, they hold 3%. Mm. And when this wealth well, transfer happens, it will actually go to fewer people. Yeah. With way more money. Mm. So, mm. yeah, there's, but that's where, um, you know, we all only agree. We all, the dollar only has value because we all agree it does. And so I think that's yeah. where crypto and all that is coming in because younger people don't have access to the dollar and they're creating their own currency that they all agree holds value. Yeah. 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 The, it's interesting how, yeah, like talking about the internet, for example, there's like this there's definitely a lot that's coming and that's happening to our like uh, collective psyche and our resources and everything that's rooted in things that happen in the in the like in the internet you know like that's affecting us negatively as a collective but there's also like fertile ground for projects like the one you talked about starting to think about an alternate alternative uh internet alternative currencies it's really interesting this time that we're living every time is interesting <laughs> every time is interesting <laughs> but right now it feels like everything's so changing so fast yeah so what a time fast. to be alive yeah Everything is changing so fast. And and I don't know if you touched on this point in the OK Boomer debate, but yeah, I heard that the, the baby boomers have been the generation that has seen more technological change within their lifetimes. And that is, that must be mind bending. And like this, you know, like you disassociate and, if it yeah. was me, I would be like 
<laughs> scared of everything like every little beep and bop like every little like little light bulb i'd be like what's this Take the, <laughs> keep it away from me <laughs> yeah we started uh one of the early questions was what kind of toys did you have growing up mm, nice and that really puts kind of a good perspective and lens on each person mm. for sure but you're right. Yeah, they 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 did. Yeah, from pre, almost as TVs were introduced and the radio, yeah. but yeah. to the the moon landing yeah. and the internet and yeah. Vietnam and well, there's a ton of wars elsewhere also. But yeah, the geopolitical climate since the end of World War II is crazy. Like the mm. the U.S kind of being the entitled victors. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. they rode that horse pretty far. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the West being the, the role model. Yeah. I yeah, mean, West, then, Western uh, culture. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but that became, you know, it became uh, with that leadership, everyone asked the U S for help. Mm-hmm like militarily or financially, which is like put a lot of stress. I mean, we're $24 trillion in debt hmm. um, because of things like that, because we have the industrial military complex that has to protect the world against China and Russia. <laughs> like why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but that gets into like the UN and all of that. But, mm -hmm. You know, if, what would have happened if the U.S. didn't come during World War II? Mm. Mm hmm So. Yeah. I don't know. But that happened a long time ago, and everything's different. Yeah. And we yeah. can't, like, keep beating that horse. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. There's a lot to learn from the past, but also, you know, we're... As we are thinking of the past, we are losing the present also, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, very much. Yeah. When you were invited to collaborate with the UN, how was the environment like? You said that you weren't... You were, you weren't aware that a lot of the 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 topics and like um, ideas that you were uh, talking about and exploring were all realigned with what was happening there or or what they wanted. Yeah. But the, how is it? Like, how was it? It was good. It it brought me comfort to know that hmm. there was an organizational effort. And aligning myself, they created the Sustainable Development Goals in 2015. And it's like no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, life on land, life underwater, sustainable buildings and communities. So all these goals to achieve by 2030 that the 193 members, states and countries are aligned with mm -hmm. and working on them. I really loved that. Yeah. And I've always been a promoter mm -hmm. at heart. And so beating the drum of the SDGs through media has definitely found a great place in my heart. Mm. Um, nice. And yeah, I mean, activism in all its forms are within every SDG and activists are 
totally my favorite people. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, it helped me feel right at home, I think. Cause in Montana is great where I'm based out of, and the U S is great, but mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who just like to be comfortable, who make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> so, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, and then Hatch is aligned with the SDGs and um, I'm part of this group called Catalyst 2030, which is a group of social entrepreneurs for the Sustainable Development Goals. The problem is, I think in the last UNGA General Assembly, they projected that our goals for 2030 are projected to be solved by 2093 on the course that we're on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty far off, especially that, on climate. Yeah, is that because of implementation or just the like strategy or what? Is there any Col information? Yeah, about cultural shifts. Yeah, money, the COVID. fossil fuel industry, mm. agriculture is huge. Mm. We're part of agriculture is a huge culprit with yeah. fertilizers and methane mm. just going into our rivers, creating dead zones along our coasts. Yeah. Hatch is part of uh, the twenty. The farm bill in the United States is being mm -hmm. renegotiated in 2023, how the United mm -hmm. States does its agriculture. Yeah. It's going to be a big one. That'll be a big one. Yeah. We've got Ryland Engelhart. He did this movie called Kiss the Ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He is a hatcher and he we're doing a lab around his organization that is designing the implementation of like regenerative agriculture into the 2023 farm bill. And so mm. we're doing a lab in Kansas city next spring around that project, mm, nice. um, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, ag's a big one. Yeah. It, it's like culture where we've got a lot to do. I think though the, the urgency is building and yeah. the, yeah, people are starting to beat by the drum slowly. Yeah. But I mean, it's great that companies are now on... Yaro, uh, who heads Hatch, he's like, it's great that companies are on board with sustainability now, but we passed that bus stop like 10 years ago. Yeah. And so we need to start thinking about regenerative practice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Good to be urgent, yeah. but don't lose hope because, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, eternal, like Elias, our friend Elias says, yeah. Elias Katan, <laughs> eternal optimist. Eternal optimist, yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. As a creator, how do you balance this urgence with creating the space and time that takes to, to create? I think the U.S. is kind of entrenched in what we think of our legacy, like how people mm. will remember us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've been working through that. People might remember me for a generation or two, but beyond that, other than my name, maybe I'll be forgotten. Like everyone will be forgotten. And so... That has helped with my patience and not caring what people think of me. 
because we're all going to die and be forgotten. And even like the biggest people like Julius Caesar or whoever once were like, and on top of that, how is humanity arrogant enough to think it will exist forever? And so, yeah, I think just all of that has helped me breathe when I need to breathe and read a book and love myself Mm -hmm. as opposed to freaking out and having to build Mm -hmm. my legacy. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's been a good lesson though. I, I didn't always think like that, but Mm. yeah, I've really made a solid investment in doing what I want to do and being with people that give me energy because I have choices and all of that. I don't have to be the nice pushover. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think that sort of answered your question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it, it. my mind is telling me, like, enjoying the ride. Yeah. Enjoying the ride and be aware of the urgency. <laughs> yeah, I want, yeah, and I want my life to be meaningful and Pete, Strom, he's like, I want to do things that matter with people I love. And uh, mm. I love that. Yeah, that's nice. Nice. Good way to go about life. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So what's coming up next? Um, you're working with Hatch, which I'm going to include the links to the projects for people to like get curious with yeah i'll send you a couple links i'll send you hatches and yeah yeah you're you're working with hatch you're working your own projects and where do you want to be with this next year in a few years where do i want to be in a few years alive not not hit by a bus (laughs) 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 i'm i'm a totally lucky guy in what i get to do and so i I think to assume that I'll be doing the same thing would be crazy, but yeah, it'd be awesome. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm doing what I want to be doing. I really like blunderbuss is really great social science practice on just like day to day tension with people. There's mm-hmm. not always tension, but 24 people there's sharing air with people is tension sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I think with Interchange, I think my my heart, though, is with my media project Yeah, a little bit more. Mm. And yeah, we'll see. I really, I have a lot of energy right now. And mm. I really want to be traveling and I'm feeling mm. a little bit claustrophobic yeah. being in the States right now a little bit. Mm. Did, uh, have you been sitting put since COVID? No, I mean, during COVID, I'm part of this program called Leadership Montana. It was developed after a really contentious year in the legislature like 20 years ago. And so it's this diplomacy program in Montana that works with urban and rural communities mm-hmm. on problem solving together. So during the pandemic, I got to tour around the state, which was great. It was Montana's beautiful. Uh, after that, uh, I've been traveling a bit. I just, I was just in Egypt doing a, uh, I was scouting for our, our trip in October that Hatch is going to do a lab, Mm. the future of the internet. 
mm. back in Egypt. So yeah, I'm just breaking back into traveling for sure, but I've, I've definitely got my foot on the accelerator. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <you're> yeah. <laughs> feeling angsty to move. Um, yeah, not only that, but it's all, it's all work trips with, and it's with yeah. Hatch. So we'll be, we'll be in Egypt and then, uh, down in Mexico again. In Mexico. Then we'll be in, um, Davos, Switzerland. Mm. And then, mm -hmm. uh, Kansas City mm. are our, the 2023 stops. Mm. So nice. Whatever's on top of that would be great. Yeah. But I really yeah. like traveling with purpose. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a great way to go, I think. Yeah. It makes a big difference on experiencing like people and places and learning, I think. Do locals prefer Mexico? Uh, like the pronunciation? Uh, see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico. But I mix it. Yeah. I mix it. I should say Mexico every time, even when I'm speaking in English, but I just say Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. So it's just. <laughs> I think if very, very proud Mexicanos would say yes. <laughs> yeah, cool. But it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be recording podcast episodes during these travels with Hatch? Yeah, that's the deal mm, with them. Nice. To nice, create nice. The, the Hatch podcast around the labs that are happening. Great. We've had some luck with Zoom, mm. but. It's hard to really dig into tension without relationship, mm -hmm. I've found. And so we made a commitment to try and do as many as we could at the summits where the the star power was in the room together mm. yeah. uh, and creating content from there. Mm. And at each summit, I can create anywhere from four to 10 episodes. Mm. That's so. great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Being, being in the same space is amazing. There's like really nice advantages to technology, like us, you, Montana, me in Mexico, recording an interview. But there's this thing. We humans are magnetic being, beings, um, not beings, but beings. <laughs> 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 and yeah, just being in the same room, talking to someone, body language, it's such a big difference so i get it yeah. yeah yeah and um yara and i've been talking we've been talking a lot about playboy magazine uh-huh in the united states and in its infancy and during the 60s it was brilliant in the civil rights movement oh uh, well great content and great writing and so we've been and they did these interviews with I, they, I mean, they were the only venue in the United... The Playboy Club was the only venue in the United States that would let black singers come through the front door. I think with like Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and yeah. like big names. But anyway, they they would do these interviews with big names and spend two or three days on them with the person. Hmm. So they'd have the initial interview and then that would arise more questions for the next sitting and the next sitting after mm. that. And so, yeah, we've been kind of ideating on who would be good for just like a really multi-day collection mm. of content with someone. Yeah. Like an in-depth. Yeah. What I record might look something like that mm. eventually on the road, but uh, yeah. yeah, we usually 
we'll see who shows up and we'll have some ideas on topics between the people who will be there. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect scenario because people are also in the, in that energy, like the summit, creative, exchanging ideas, energy. Yeah. So yeah. That's and the, amazing. The hatch summits to elaborate just for people who are listening they're, they design impact labs. And so there are 150 curated guests who are artists, activists, and entrepreneurs and like scientists and NASA data knots and Grammy winners. So they'll have these, their hatch talks, but they're kind of Ted style talks where the founder of an entity usually framed within any of the SDGs will do a talk to the 150 curated guests at Hatch. And at the end of the talks, people will choose which one they liked the best, which project. And for the next four days, they'll go into uh, an impact lab to accelerate their projects mm. on like an international scope. And so... Yeah, that's usually what the hatch trips look like. And so there's there was an ocean plastics lab. There's one on bridging the wealth gap. There was a lab on how we visit philanthropy and giving mm. money. And mm. yeah, the the farm bill, the one in Egypt is around a group working to decentralize the internet. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's just, a, yeah, it's been a really wild education around a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, these are big, big topics, big topics that concern us all, but that very few people are talking about. about yeah, we're talking about meaningfully. I mean, it's there. I mean, the people I'm around are talking about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. you're right. But you're right. As a majority of the world, it's yeah. pretty disconnected. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the the next episodes of I Am Interchange uh, awesome. with Hatch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've I've listened to the ones you've got online, and I I really like them. Thanks so much for listening um, to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They're really there are, are to be listened um, a few times. I think mm. because for me it's so it's like so rich in information and ideas and like perspectives. So I, I love it. Um, very, very inspiring. Thank you um, so much. Yeah. That's really, yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. It's really inspiring. And I'm really, I want to, I really want to meet you down in Mexico when you come down in April, you said? Yeah. April. April. Okay. End of April. Okay. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Tate. That yeah. My really pleasure. Nice. Yeah. Sergio, great seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't uh, wait to see you in person soon. Yeah, I yeah, yeah we gotta meet. We gotta meet in person. Thank you for your time and and looking forward to see what's up with with your work. Thank you so much. Thank you and uh, back at you. Yeah, I love listening to your podcast and your exploration of of the world as well through your through your lens. Thank you. That was Tate Chamberlain. If you want to get in touch with Tate or dig into his work, please visit the links in the show notes of this episode. Apart from hosting this podcast, I spend my time making art, music, 
and supporting people through my purpose coaching practice. If you are seeking guidance and support on your path towards purpose, book your first free coaching session with me by clicking on the link to my website in the show notes of this episode. We Walk the Earth is a Nautilab original and is produced by me, Sergio Isauro. The music in this episode was produced by Tejedor. Editing by Miguel Andrade. Mixing by Samuel Peñalba. Executive production, Jorge González. If you like this podcast, please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. This will help us keep going, creating and igniting curiosity in more people. This is We Walk the Earth. Thank you for listening. Until next time.